Thank you for listening to the teaching podcast of Muncie First Church. If you would like to know more about us, go to MuncieFirstChurch.com. Or if you would like to support a ministry, go to the giving page, MuncieFirstChurch.com slash give. Well, let's jump into the teaching from this last week. Let's pray together right now. Father, I just ask you to be with us today. Uh, would you calm our hearts and our minds and Lord, there's been a lot going on here already this morning, and my heart has, has just been challenged this week. And I just ask you right now to come and speak to me and to guide my thoughts. Lord, I pray right now for those who uh, right now their minds may be somewhere else, that maybe they're hurting from whatever situation in life, that the Lord today, maybe you would just bring them to a place to hear from you. They would allow you to speak to them. I pray, God, right now for you to just bless your church, not just this church, but the church of Muncie, across Muncie, the church of Christ in Muncie, the church of God in Muncie, all of us, Lord, that make up that church, across denominational lines, Lord, that we would raise up together, that Muncie would become the garden spot that you planned for it to be. This is your place, Lord. I believe you want something special to happen here. We're praying for that, God. So bless us, help us, Lord, today. Speak through these words. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, it is Mother's Day, and uh, the messages we've been doing have been these messages of the, the sins, the seven deadly sins or the seven sins that we were talking about, and I read those off to you. And today is on greed, and you're going, well, that's Mother's Day, greed? And, you know, it was kind of weird. We go, man, that wasn't real great planning, but I think that I found a way that we can talk about it and still celebrate mothers and, and enjoy being together. So I'm going to try, and we'll see what happens. Some of you are going, well, it's weird, but just hang in there with me. See, I was blessed in my life to have one of the world's best mothers. Now, we never called her mom. She was mother. My dad made sure of that. That's just the way he was, but... So if I don't go mom, it's because I really struggle with that because every time I say mom, I'm thinking about that must be somebody else because my mom was mother. So her name was Helen and uh, she taught elementary school for about 25 years um, over in Anderson, Indiana. She uh, didn't begin as an elementary school teacher. She had felt called into missions and into ministry and so had gone to Fort Wayne Bible College to go to school and uh, she worked her way through that. And she had to work her way through because her father didn't believe that women should be educated. So he never helped her at all. So she would go to school for a year or a semester, whatever she had the money for, and then she would drop out and work at a place called Ward Stilson over in Anderson. And she would work there for a while. And then when she got enough money together, she would go back to school. So it took her about seven years to go through college as she worked her way through. But she did it. She stayed with it and she worked her way through. In fact, my mom... Uh, my mother became so uh, much a part of, of, of the church and was so felt so called that she eventually was ordained a, a minister in a small denomination, uh, denominational church. And she actually pastored a church in Frankfurt, Indiana for a short time. She married my dad and they had five kids. My four sisters and I, I'm second in that group of, of, of girls and guys that were born there. And my mom, my mother, was head of the nursery in Anderson, Indiana, First Church of the Nazarene for about 30 years. She 
did the nursery. Some of you go, man, I was in there for 30 minutes and I just couldn't take, my my mother, I got to say it right here, my mother, I got to do this right, my mother was head of the nursery for 30 years. She also, um, alternately in there someplace along the way, taught Sunday school, served as the NMI president for 15 years, and willingly did whatever the church asked her or needed her to do. I don't think mother ever saw any job at the church that God asked her to do as menial. That just wasn't her. For her, if, if it was something that God had said, I need you to do it, it was the most important thing in the world. She was going to get it done. I watched her daily pray for her kids and for her husband and for her school kids and for her church. She poured her, her life out as an offering for her church and for her children and for her school kids and for my dad. She was married to my dad for 50 plus years, which automatically qualified her for sainthood the day she died. And I'm not joking about that. (laughs) My mother was a channel that God used to pour out his love and his resources on this world for 80 and a half years. And I hope you heard me on that. She was a channel. She was a conduit of his love. She was poured out through that channel god used her to bless others for these 80 plus years mother was not a hoarder of stuff she did not have a stash of stuff that she kept for herself when the grandkids showed up it was fair game whatever they wanted they were going to get she was going to make sure that she took care of the grandkids if she if you and i were to show up at her house and she was able she would have met our needs do you need something let me get it for you i'll take care of it she shared she poured out she blessed others I remember when we were young, and this is just a memory in my mind, I, can, I, I think of this often. I remember when we were young, and there wasn't many resources in our family. We were pretty, pretty, upti- uh, pretty tight on, on, my, on money and things, and so you didn't get a lot of stuff. And, and I remember my mom, my mother loved chocolate. She loved chocolate, and she would get one of those, somehow she would get one of those big giant chocolate bars, you know, the big ones, the big Hershey's with maybe the almonds in it or something. She didn't hoard that. She would break it up into pieces. And she would give it to the kids and to whoever, and then she would eat some. Because that's who she was. She was going to pour out. She loved those sweets. She loved chocolate. But it was her chance to bless you and to give away. Our neighbor boys were kind of rough. The Ramsey boys, they were, they were kind of tough. We lived in Meadowbrook during that time. A pretty tough group of guys for that age and that time. Their mother had committed suicide. And so they... Uh, they were left there with their father. The father kind of checked out after that. He just kind of went off fishing after he'd get off work every day. And they were home alone by themselves most of the time. Couldn't get by with what he was doing today. But back then, people did that. And my mother would cook supper, and then she would take supper over and feed those boys because she couldn't bear the thought that they wouldn't have food and that they didn't have anybody. See, my mother was a channel She was a channel of God's blessing. She allowed God's blessings to flow through her. She was not a dammed up reservoir holding all the things that God had given to her for herself. Mark Twain once defined civilization this way. He said it's a limitless multiplication of unnecessary necessities. Now you got to sit down and think about that for a minute. Run that one around a while. I'm going to give you a chance. I see eyeballs there going back and forth. They're trying to figure that one out. Let me read it one more time. A limitless multiplication of unnecessary necessities. 
Think, with that, think about that right now with me. What are some of the unnecessary necessities we just can't live without these days? How about an iPhone 10? Because, you know, an iPhone 6 still works. So you really don't have to have an iPhone 10, most of us. Maybe there's somebody who says, well, my business depends on it. But, I mean, seriously, is there anybody here that says, if I didn't have an iPhone 10, I couldn't do my business? You know, it's an unnecessary necessity. Or the brand new car. Now, I know you need a car. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a car. But the brand new car? Do you really need the brand new car? Or could you use a used car? You know, see, it's an unnecessary necessity. Or the Harley-Davidson motorcycle. I mean, you need a motorcycle. Well, you don't even need a motorcycle. But you know what I'm saying on that one. That was me. Okay. Or maybe even a dishwasher in your house. Because after all, you can wash dishes in a sink. I mean, I know some of you young people have no idea what I'm talking about. But that's why there's two basins in most sinks. Because you had water in one with soap and the other was hot water where you rinsed it off. Because you actually wash dishes in a sink. Or a zero-turn mower, right? I mean... Who can mow yard with just a tractor anymore? <laughs> so yesterday, I tell you. Or the 60-inch TV. I mean, after all, who can watch 54 inches? You need 60. And I'm saying 72 is next, you know? I mean, really. And see, when I think of all these things, there are things we could do life without, but they make life nicer, and there's nothing wrong with having the extras in life. I don't have a problem, and I'm not here today to preach a message to tell you that you shouldn't have these nice things, because that's not at all what I believe. There's nothing wrong with having extras in life. This message is about people who have decided that life is all about themselves, and meeting their own needs and their own pleasures without ever considering who everything really belongs to. Who gave it to you in the first place? And what was it given to you for? In Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21, Jesus told a story. And this story he told was about a farmer. And he's a greedy farmer. Uh, you know, I don't know greedy farmers. They're all good farmers. They all just complain a lot. But they're farmers. You know, they're good farmers. Not really. Someone out of the crowd said this, teacher, order my brother to give me a fair share of the family inheritance. And he replied, mister, what makes you think it's any of my business to be a judge or a mediator for you? Speaking to the people, he went on, take care, protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Then he went on to tell them the story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop, and I'm reading from the message. And he talked to himself, what can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And then I'll gather all my grain and all the goods. And I'll say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy. Have the time of your life. Just when God showed up and said, fool, tonight you die. And your barn full of goods. Who gets it? And that's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. And he continued this subject with his disciples. And he said these words, Don't fuss what's on the table at mealtimes, or if the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your inner life than the food you put in your stomach. More to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the ravens, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, carefree in the care of God, and you count far more. Has anyone by fussing before the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? If fussing can't even do that, why fuss at all? Walk into the fields, look at the wildflowers. They don't fuss with their appearance, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. 
if God gives such attention to the wildflowers, most of them never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you and take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, not to be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over things. You know both God and how he works. Steep yourself in God reality, in God initiative, in God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. You hear that? You're my dearest friends. The Father, Papa, wants to give you the very kingdom itself. Be generous. Give to the poor. Get yourself a bank that won't go bankrupt. A bank in heaven far from bank robbers, safe from embezzlers, a bank you can bank on. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be and end up being. So this man was trapped by his own wealth. One of the big keys to a really happy, fulfilled life, one of the keys to true, abundant life is not just having lots of stuff. I'm just going to say it up front. It's not the key to having fun and enjoying life. The key to a life that is really abundant, a key, the key to life that is really exciting, the key to life that we really want is learning how to be generous, giving it away, giving it away. The key is learning how to have stuff without it having you. The key to life is how to manage things well and not being managed by it. The key is how to be a channel, how to be an open conduit that God can pour blessing through to this world and sharing it with others. Have you ever gotten something you really wanted? Something that you go, man, I want that so bad. One of these days I'm going to get that. And you get it, and there's no one to share it with. And it's pretty meaningless. You ever notice that? Things that you get that you really want, and you think, man, now I've got it. i got everything I want. And you're thinking, who can I call to tell? Who can I call to tell, you know? Right away you want to tell somebody. You want to say, hey, guess what? I finally got it. You want to share what just happened in your life. I want you to understand that when we talk about greed, there is no direct correlation between having a lot and being greedy. There literally are billionaires in this world who are generous people, who pour out money on others, who pour out their resources to give to others. And there are people who are absolutely poor, who give themselves away and who hand out every dime they've got because they want to bless others. And there are both rich and poor who are greedy and hoard it all for themselves. And the key to living in abundance begins by realizing who everything belongs to. The key is coming to understand that you are here on this earth not to accumulate and hoard stuff. That is not the reason we're here. It's a lie. You hear it all the time in society and in the world today. The one who has the most when they die wins. That's not true. Having stuff does not make you happy. Having things will not make your life better necessarily. You are not here to collect stuff and become comfortable. You and I are here to be a channel for God to pour his blessings through to this world. Bible says real clearly, Jesus says, I give you this command. It's a new command. 
that you love one another as I have loved you. That's the reason why you're here on earth. So that you can love others. And that's what it means. When we are greedy, we are not loving. When we are not greedy, when we are blessing, when we are a channel that can be poured out, we can love others. You're to be a channel of love, not a storage tank. Okay? The problem is, is that too many people have the idea that all the things that God has blessed them with is just for them. They see all the stuff given to them as theirs. They're like this farmer. Look, I got too much stuff, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tear down the barns and I'm going to build new barns and put more stuff in it. So they store it up and they hoard it and they hold on to it and it traps them and it spoils. It spoils. We're like the farmer who sowed for a harvest and was blessed. You know, the farmers, when they sow... They have to sow, and there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible is very clear that we're supposed to work, and the farmers sow. They sow into the fields, and they do their part. They plant. They maybe pull weeds. They wait. But here's the deal. God gives the water. God gives the sun, and God gives the blessing so that the harvest is extra abundant. It isn't theirs. It's God's. It's a partnership, but it's God's. Unfortunately, this man, this farmer, saw the extra abundant harvest as a product of his own work. Look what I did. Look what I've accumulated. Look at my stuff. He saw the grain as his, and so he hoarded it. He made bigger stories to keep it for himself rather than seeing it as a chance to help those who could not help themselves. A chance to do God's work, a chance to be a conduit, a channel of blessing. He was greedy. This farmer should have willingly made arrangements to give some of his abundance to those who did not have an abundance. Now, I, I know I hear some of you saying, well, yeah, you're trying to create a welfare state. Let me tell you something right now. I'm going to give you some information here. I get very clearly, the Bible says that those who do not sow will not harvest. That's in Proverbs, and I agree with that totally. I know the Bible teaches that those who do not work should not eat, and I agree with that totally. But... I also know there are widows, and there are orphans, and those who are sick, and those who are infirmed and cannot help themselves who need help. They do not have any choice, and it is an obligation, it is our privilege to help them. And rather than keeping it all for ourselves, this farmer, us, we need to become a channel of blessing so that God can pour through us into the lives of people who need so that they can be blessed. Real blessing is not having a bank account that's flush with money. The blessing is in sharing with someone who legitimately needs your help. You want to get a blessing? Find somebody who legitimately, I'm not talking about just anybody, but find somebody who legitimately needs help and pour into them. One of the best things in the world to do. Pour into people and see God use you to bless someone else. And you're going, man, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. I have never had anybody say, man, I just hate giving it to people that need it. I've never had anybody come to me, man, my life's terrible. I keep giving to people who need it. They go, man, I'm blessed. God just blesses me. And i got to tell you something. When we give like that, God gives back. He never, ever, ever. I've never, ever met anybody who says, well, I gave and gave, and God just, just, just abandoned me. I haven't met that person. Blessing is in sharing with someone. The blessing is in placing our wealth in God's hand to use as he sees fit. The real blessing is in knowing who and what you are. 
I want to give you that right now. The real blessing is knowing that God, your Father, Papa God, selected you to be a channel for Him to use to pour His blessings through to the world. I mean, that is awesome. What a great opportunity to be His agent here on this earth, to be His person here on this earth so that He can bless. Life on earth is short and it's temporary. And I I think we can see life one of two ways. One is life is short and temporary and I need to hoard up and collect so I can get all I can get, so I can retire early, so I can take it easy, so I can please myself, so I can indulge myself. And I meet people like that. I'm just going down to Florida and I'm going to just be done. I don't want to help anybody. I don't want to do anything. Nothing against going to Florida. It's okay. Go visit. Just come back. Uh, You know, I'm going down there and I'm just going to take care of myself. That's all that matters. I've met that person. Second one's this, life is short and temporary here on earth, but eternal in heaven, and I have to work and make what I can and allow God to use me to pour it out on others and lay up blessings and reward in heaven. And I love that person. That's an exciting thing. That's what I want to be. The farmer saw it the first way. For him, life was about getting stuff. It was about getting comfy and doing what made him happy. See, I got a question. And I I don't know, maybe this is not a good question, but I'm going to ask it. See, when I see people say, well, I have a short time here, I want to make sure and enjoy all I can get, it makes me wonder, when you're saying, I got a short time here and I got to enjoy it while I have it, how much do you really believe in heaven? I mean, seriously, think about it. I mean, if we're working for this earth just so that I can have my 10 years of retirement so I can really enjoy it, how much do you really believe in heaven? Because isn't that really where we're supposed to be moving towards? The reward that God has for us there, isn't that the most important thing? I'm not getting on you for retiring. Sometimes you need to retire, maybe from a job, but I don't think anybody should ever retire from ministering and being a conduit and being a person that God wants to pour out blessing through. I don't think there's ever a day for you to quit. People that say to me, well, I've done my part of the church. I want to go, well, (laughs) you might be in trouble. Because, you know, I don't think anybody's ever done enough to match what God's done for you. Right? Amen? See, even if I live a long time here on earth, and I'm talking 80 to 100 years, that's nothing like the length of eternity. Nothing. It's it's not even close. And I want to remind you that greed has nothing to do with how much you have or don't have. It has everything to do with the mindset you have towards ownership of things. And you have to learn this. Everything, everything, everything that you have came from God. And I know you work, and I know you go out and you, you do your job, and that's your part. It's a partnership. But God has blessed you. Everything has come from God. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. And Jesus taught, we went on to say that, and, and went on to say here that having a hoarding mentality will lead you to worry. Now, I meet a lot of people, and they just, they're, they're just all stressed out. You know, they're, they're just worrying. Their hair's falling out and turning gray, kind of like me, you know. And, and they're just stressing out everything, over everything. And here's what I've learned about that. Givers don't worry. They just don't worry. They give. It's not theirs anyway, so they just give. And they just know God's going to take care of things. And so they give, and they're blessed. And it comes back, and they give, and it comes back, and they give, and it comes back, and they give, and it comes back. It's an amazing thing. They know it's not theirs anyway. They know where it comes from. They know they're not reservoirs. They're channels. They're just an open conduit. Lord, pour it through. 
pour it through. And they're having a good time letting God use them to bless other people. He's just pouring through them, and they're just like, wow, this is awesome. On the other hand, hoarders, reservoirs, they build bigger barns. They build better security systems. You getting that? You hear a problem here? They build bigger barns and better security systems, and they try to figure out how to hang on to things longer. Jesus said in verse 34, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What Jesus is talking about here is what we're living for, what we're focusing on. The reality is, is that the focus of the channels of God's blessing and the hoarder or the reserve, uh, reservoir of life, person who is a reservoir, they're totally different. I told you about my mom to begin this message, and I want to finish up telling you the rest of her story. See, my, my mother attended college and graduated, as I said. She was the first person in her family to ever graduate from college. She went back eventually to Ball State University over here in Muncie when I was probably in about fourth or fifth grade. She had five children by that point, and she got her master's in education over here at Ball State during that time. And she never missed a beat in caring for her family. She continued to be a reservoir, a, a channel to be poured through. She worked hard. She blessed us. She raised her children. She sent four out of her five children off to Olivet Nazarene University and helped three of them graduate and get started. She watched two of her children graduate with her master's degrees. She saw all five of her children saved and living for Jesus. At age 65, she decided it was time to retire from her career as a teacher, but not from the church, so she could pour her life out more into the church and into the grandkids, which she loved. At that point in time in her life, she was perfectly healthy, and it seemed like everything was out in front of her. It was going to be great. Soon after retiring, though, she started having issues, and the doctors diagnosed it just as arthritis, but it kept getting worse and worse until her legs became so stiff she finally could not walk at all. I took her to a neurologist because someone told me I should do that, and I took her having no idea, and he asked me this question, how long has she had Parkinson's? I said, she doesn't have Parkinson's. He said, oh, yeah, she does. Has had for a while now. She never shook. She just got stiff as a board. She began taking the medication. It helped for a while, but slowly she was more and more debilitated until finally she reached a place where she had to have constant care, and she went into a care facility. And I remember going over at lunchtime to sit down and try to feed her because she couldn't feed herself, and she couldn't swallow, and she even couldn't even open her mouth hardly to even get the food into her mouth. She had osteoporosis real bad as well, and... She had her arms and her shoulders broke, and she couldn't even move her arms, couldn't scratch her nose. She just sat there. And she finally came to a point where she couldn't drink, she couldn't swallow. She had a feeding tube. And I tell you all this to say this, not one time did I hear her complain about it. She never said, well, this just isn't fair. I've worked hard. She just simply continued to tell you how much she loved you continue to pour out her blessings, to continue to be a channel that God was pouring through, blessing other people. You know, when she died, the day she died, 
the ladies who cared for my mom stood there in tears when she died because she has pouring out blessings on them and they were going to miss out on the blessings that God was using to pour out through her. See, my mother had come to know where everything she had came from. And a lot of people would say, well, it's yours, just hang on to it. But she didn't see it that way. It came from God and to whom it all really belonged. It belonged to God. And she knew that it all came from him and it would all go back to him. And she was sending it ahead. <laughs> she was laying up treasures in heaven, in the bank of heaven. She really was. She was able to continue to be a channel of God's blessing through her terrible disease because she believed that God was good. No matter what, she believed God was good and in control. You know, I hear a lot of people these days saying things like, well, why would God allow? My mom understood that God was good. And she didn't understand, but she was okay with that because she believed that God was good. She was a channel. And she remained an open channel of blessing and generosity through thick and thin. She let God use her to the last day. And I can only imagine the moment she entered into his presence. Hey, Helen, you got so much treasure up here. Somebody needs to do something with it. It's in the way. You got to go move it. See, we have a choice in our lives. That's what I'm talking about today. And we can take the blessings that God has given to us and we can keep them for ourselves. That's called greed. That's greed. Taking what God has given to you to use to bless other people and saying, no, that's mine, and put it in my pocket and buy stuff for me and make myself happy. Nothing wrong, again, with having a few things, nothing wrong with having some of the extras, unless what we're doing is taking everything that God's given to us, putting it in our pocket and saying, it's mine, and I'm not going to let anybody else have any of it, and I'm not blessing others. When we do that, it leads to hoarding and worry and fear. Or we can take the blessings of God and let God pour them through us onto others and the blessings are ours now and the rewards will be ours later. Jesus said it best. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his or her possessions. So I want to say one thing here. Thank you moms, mothers, all of you out there who are mothers both physically you had babies and you've raised them or you've adopted them and you raised them or those of you who are church mothers see the day and age we live in some of our kids they don't have a lot of help family wise and you're going to them and you can put your arm around them and you can encourage them thank you for being a blessing i don't know about anybody else but i love you you're special to me and some of you have been Kind of a mother at times when I needed it, even though I'm an old guy. You know, we all need a mom once in a while. And you've been there. You've blessed me. So thank you. Now you and I have a choice. Will we remain channels? Or will we become trapped by the stuff of this life? Will we be generous and let God use our lives as a channel to pour out life's blessings on others? Or will we hang on to it? It's really up to us. God has blessed each of you. I don't know too many people here in this church whom God has not blessed. You say, well, I don't have hardly anything. You have way more than most. Trust me, you have way more than most. Come on up here.
and lead us. We're going to worship the Lord together again. We always open the altar. It's not really an altar service as such, and I'm not expecting that, oh, everybody rush to the altar. But, you know, maybe God's just speaking to your heart about anything, and you just need to pray this morning. I don't want to give you, I don't want to leave until we have a chance to just go before the Lord. And so come if you want to pray. We're just going to worship together. Let's stand and let's just worship.